Welcome back to Road to Rings. If you are surprised we are back, so am I, because this is episode <laughs> three of two. I don't think that's how it's supposed to work. I think you're supposed to do these. I don't think you're supposed to do it that way. But anyway, classic uh, uh, planning by me. Didn't really think that through. We're actually going to do a sort of Con of the Rings in review, just about some of the stuff that we did specifically together. Um, this is obviously... I feel listening to this, I guess it's, it's partly a challenge. I guess if you didn't know that and you listened to the previous two episodes of Road to Rings, and we're conf- that would be confusing. Fair. Uh, as you can see, this is already off to a great start. But anyway, um, so kind of what we'll do is we played um, four quests together. We'll talk about the four quests, um, and then we'll also talk, uh, kind of do like a, a wrap-up and review type of thing of some of the things that we talked about previously in our episodes, like what worked, what didn't. Um, you know, we said we were going to do this. X, Y, Z, how did that go for us? So just kind of like, see like, hey, check in. Or the things we suggested, how did it go, right? Um, yep. See if we were right, see if we were wrong. See what worked, what didn't. Um, so I guess let's just jump in right away with the first quest we played. So like I said, we're only going to discuss the four quests that we played together. Like we played other games besides these ones, but we... Um, there's a possibility that we're going to do everybody on the main show. So I don't want to talk about those quests. I want to save those for then. And then we'll have that way we can just be like, hey, <laughs> to be honest, behind the scenes stuff, we can uh, make our segments smaller. And be like, Hey, we talked about some of the stuff we played together on a different show. So we don't have to talk about it with the main show. It'll take forever. But anyway, uh, so the first one we did. Uh, I don't know why we played this quest, but we did it. It yep. was Morgul Vale. <laughs> Um, th- this was uh, one of the so Con of the Rings usually every year has um, com- I don't know to, I don't forget what they call them but everybody plays the same quest at the same time like spotlight marquee quests I'll call them whatever right and everybody plays the same thing at the same time and they wanted to get uh, was it eight people to beat Morgul Vale I think eight groups right eight groups right okay yeah because we were ninth we were the ninth group <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I was kind of pissed about that I was like oh, damn it <laughs> um Anyway, uh, so we sat down, we played it. It was obviously the two of us. We played with uh, Nick uh, Bonama, who is uh, Ed Bonham on Twitter and uh, is one of the Freemen of the North, helps run the convention, uh, of the famous game that I played with him at a mall food court in Milwaukee one time. Um, so we often joke that. And then we also played with Autumn. Uh, so I play, actually, uh, let's just talk about what they played and then we'll talk about what we played here. So Autumn was playing a Last Alliance deck, and then Nick had a Howlith Messenger of the King deck with uh, Brodo Swaggins, uh, so Leadership Frodo, and uh, Treebeard Hero. And then we yeah. played actually two decks that worked together, Shellet. Do you want to just kind of go over what they were? Yeah, we, we, we planned it out well. Um, I ran my Olip Eagles deck, uh, which would have been all Eagle Heroes, so Gwaihir, Bonneth, and Alagos. And then you ran your mono tactics version of your burglar's turn deck, which uh, is very much like a here gone Eagles deck, uh, with what I think Eowyn and Theoden as your other two heroes. Theoden, yeah, yeah. Uh, which worked great, right? I mean, you because you had a ton of Eagles in your deck too. I mean, it it was almost an Eagles deck as well, with some other yeah. mono tactics support. 
Right, there's other tactics cards in the deck, but seeing that you were playing Eagles, I mean, I typically prioritize the Eagles because Eagles of the Misty North are so good, but seeing you were playing Eagles, I was definitely like, I'm going to prioritize playing these because sometimes it would be like, oh, I have like, you know, Defender of Ramas and Rearmark Knight. Those are two two cost allies. Like, okay, I, play, I could play one full cost one um, with a discount from Hiragon for the minus one, but instead I was like, I'll save and I'll play Descendant of Thorndor. So mm-hmm. I'm only getting one ally, but because of the synergy of um, it readies some of your ready squad here, it can give you resources, it can um, power up Eagles of the Missy Mountains. It, it made more sense for me to just focus on playing my my Eagles. It was, um, I, I it was it was um, unplanned that we just sat down and played it because I saw Morgul Vale and I knew I knew Morgul Vale had Master's Malice in it and uh, yeah. Uh, war camp and that um vanguard and i know that those punish non-tactics decks so i was like i as soon as i thought the table i was like here's my tactics deck because <laughs> so i was like i don't want to deal with i had to play mono spirit but i was like i don't want to deal with playing um non-mono tactics against this specific quest because i know having played it a few times that it it sucks if you don't prepare for it that way yeah it's definitely one of those quests you have to tech for it quite a few ways actually um and and we we had a rough go on the first game of it with that uh group right we i think we got all sorts of resources piling up on the to the tower thing which i think we lost if you got eight and i mean we got like five or six of them within the first couple rounds of the game and was just we're limping along pretty yeah even though our decks were firing well the encounter deck just outpaced us quickly and badly right our decks were working fine it was the it was the fact that i think i think nick revealed back to back is it just called whatever that treachery that makes you either like you have to put a resource on it or like uh, or search like search yep yeah so it was like okay i guess we have to put a resource on it because we can't take all these cards and, you know in single player that's an easy card to deal with but in four player this was probably kind of the mistake of playing this quest is this is a really, really difficult four-player one. I was the last player to sit down, too, so it's kind of like, oh, I kind of made it way worse by yep. showing up at the last last minute. But, um, yeah, that was tough, because basically uh, that was the problem. That we, the threat was also the issue. Um, yeah. I, I want to say, though, we started this one, and um, I removed some of my... Uh, cards to put in side quests because this is a very good quest uh, quest for side quests because you don't make any progress. It's all about killing the three bosses each round. And uh, so I, I took out one copy of my Williador. I somehow got one in my opening hand and I played it. And I was <laughs> so happy to ask you on turn one, can you pay for Williador? And we were all ready. And, I, I, and actually what happened is we made a mistake. You did it for me. And then we realized we made a mistake in... Um, there should have been another enemy or something like that. We had to put more cards out. And so then we had this Morgul Spider, which was hitting you for eight. So yeah. I had to kill Williador so you didn't immediately lose a hero. Uh, so that was very personally sad for me because I was really, I really wanted to just play that card to ask you for a resource. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But shout out to the, uh, the Staples-centered episode we did. Like, Williador was clutch a couple times in those games since both of us were running him like including there around one basically save a hero from dying because you had a one cost neutral sentinel you could get on the table 
Yeah, he's good. I I like him as as we talked about on that thing. I just his his speed of playing him as as you mentioned turn 1, I could use him for his uh sentinel and he could could die. So like I know that like in that one we compared him to Treebeard and my argument was like, well, yeah, Treebeard's better on like turns 2 through all the other ones, but or maybe not even better on turn 2, but you know, 3 onward, but it's like yep. uh really adore He's so fast to play, and you can just kill him so quickly. And ranged is awesome, and Sentinel's awesome. But yeah, um, he was very good. We killed him a few times. Uh, I, the other big moment from our loss, before we move on to our victory, talk about that a little bit, was uh, previously the last year when we did that uh, scouring of the Shire, we spent like an hour forgetting that Arkansas had the ability to pass it to somebody else and raise their threat and reduce yep. yours. This year I remembered, and I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, uh, you were at 47, I think. And I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going to threat Shellen out of this game. And then I looked at the card and it only said two, because I think three might be the, might be the treasure or something like that. or Right, or something. Um, but, but I yeah, thought it was one, three. You were one off. And I was <laughs> like, damn, I was so excited to threat you out of the game, because we knew it was going poorly. We could, everybody could tell that we were going to lose. And so I just wanted to threat you out control you uh with that specific card but then i pass it to you i did not threat you out but i was like well we'll probably get doomed and it'll be okay and then you're like wait a minute <laughs> i can i can do something with this and do you want to tell listeners what you did with it right so then i realized that autumn was at 49 threat right across the table from me um so in an effort to reveal one less encounter card the next round and maybe try to limp to a very narrow victory. I passed the Arcazone to her to lower my threat by two and threaded her out of the game <laughs> instead. So I got to <laughs> I got to be the one that took somebody out with the Arkenstone. Uh she she yeah. did agree to it. It wasn't it wasn't without asking. I did I did suggest it to the table first before just threading her out. But it was it was a lot of fun to get to take out a, a fellow player at the table. We lost like right. immediately in the staging in the next round, so it didn't really matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. We knew we were toast. Yeah, I didn't ask you. I just gave it to you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, you are dying before I die. Um, but yeah, that was that was a funny moment in, in that one, in our in our one that went awry. Our our game that actually went well though. Uh and we, we defeat we did defeat it, as I, as I kinda said, we were the ninth group to win. Um I as I mentioned, I put in the two side quests. I put in keep watch and gather info, and I got gather info in my opening hand, and that was yep. like awesome. Because um, I think then, did you go get gather info, right? I think. Yep, I went and fetched mine. gather info off of yours. So I played it out and we went against it the next round too. So we hit we hit two gather infos the first two rounds of the game. Yeah, so that was that was incredible and that worked really well. It was exactly what I was uh, and what we had said in the preview episodes was like, oh, such a great quest to play side quests in because you don't quest against the main quest at all. And the fact that we were able to get them both was really awesome. And it, it, it made a big difference, too, I think, getting uh, key clutch cards for every player, obviously, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was really... I couldn't have I worked out any better, right? I, that's, that's how I feel about that, yeah. Yeah, no, it, was, it went great. And I think we did a little bit of retooling decks. I know Autumn, I think, went... She kept her same, like, very spirit heavy lineup but went and grabbed some dwarven tombs i think even 
to be able to, or, and maybe even whatever the, the spirit tome is to recycle as many test of wills as possible. Oh, test of will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She uh, was the only most, spirit player. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She was the only one that had any cancellation. So she went and went all in on it, which was great. Uh, we actually ended up doing the achievement for the quest, which said we could only cancel each treachery once a piece, which was a pretty nasty uh, <laughs> achievement like uh, to try to get on top of just beating the quest in four player. But I think we lucked out and didn't really need to cancel. Like, I like I think we would have canceled one if later on, if even if we had already done it and just said, you know, screw the achievement. We just want to win. But we didn't get to a point where we needed to do that right we just kind of stumbled into it it was like dumb luck because the way that the counter deck worked when those treacheries came out we didn't either didn't need to cancel or we only saw like one of each one right sometimes so it was like um not exactly like thought out and plan and and picked ahead it was just kind of like oh it happened I guess uh, one thing I should mention that I um, we've not talked about at all uh, that I will do now and instead of later was the way achievements worked this year. In yeah. the past with Con of the Rings, the more achievements you completed, the more uh, raffle entries you got. They removed that this year, and everybody got the same amount of raffle entries, and they, you didn't get any more for completing achievements. So you weren't as incentivized to do them, which I think... Um, we would have, you know, people would have gen- generally tried harder to do some of them if they hadn't, um, or if they still had that. But I didn't really try too hard for a lot of achievements. There were a couple I went for for fun, but um, I didn't feel the need to this year to do them because um, it didn't matter. I won, you know, I won any, I won it, won it raffle anyway with that. So uh, yeah. I just didn't feel the need to do it. Um, which was, I thought, nice. Uh, I haven't filled the survey yet, but I will be saying that I, I liked that I, idea. Um, it took less pressure off of having to play certain quests or having to do certain things, um, which I enjoyed. Uh, but moving on to the next achievement in this one that we didn't get, but we were so damn close. Oh, this is so frustrating close. to me. So the last stage, the Nazgul, he has five hit points, and every time you do damage to him, it reduces the damage down to one. So... In theory, it takes five turns to kill him, right? Because you're having to fight him five five rounds. Right. Um, unless you do direct damage. But a lot of times it's like, well, am I going to spend Seek Attack Gandalf to do one damage when I could draw three cards, reduce my threat, or kill another enemy, right? It doesn't make sense a lot of times. But we got so close. We actually had it all scoped out. Um, Nick had Sneak Attack Gandalf. Uh... I think I had the Westfold Lancer, yep, and then I and then, also had um, Descendant of Thorndor and um, what is the Eagles of the North card, whatever that one is, that brings it back? Um, uh, yeah, Flight of the Eagles, yep. And then I Flight had Fawneth for All Up, who allows you to commit characters to the quest um, or, or exhaust them to deal one damage to an enemy in staging. So I was going to be able to play, I think, two Eagles, two cheap Eagles, and just ping it for two. So yeah, we had it perfectly planned out to be able to do basically four direct damage and then hit it for one swing in the combat phase and take it out in one round. But there's one card in the encounter deck, and we we knew it was coming, (laughs) Uh, with the Morgul bodyguard there that says that any damage that would be dealt to a captain enemy is dealt to one Morgul bodyguard instead. Uh, And it was the fourth card that came out of staging. Like, we... 
we came so close, like we had it all queued up and then that thing came out and just ruined all of our plans. And I mean, we spent like a good solid five minutes probably prior to staging there trying to figure out if we could, right? I mean, it was, it wasn't a, a short process. It, it took a while for us to figure out if we could do it. Yeah. Cause we, we were all trying to figure out, okay, who's all got direct damage cards. Who's got all stuff they can still play. And it was like, we, we'd figure out, Oh, we can do the, the damage to kill him and then yeah having that last one come out that was a real I, everybody i think was really uh disappointed such pretty annoyed because it was like we spent all this time figuring it out and then it was yep. like you god damn it right uh of course he comes out because we had not actually seen one at all in the game i don't think no i think they'd come up with shadows because we got in that because their shadow effect was nasty too it was one that was like a engaged additional the next attack, player and makes an additional attack yeah so that one so we saw that a lot, actually. Yeah, but not in play only as shadows. So it was yep. like, I kind of forgot that it was in the, I forgot that it was in the encounter deck because we had not actually seen one in play. I don't even think we had one in the first game either. I think they're all shadows so. for us. Yep. So I'd forgotten that he was in there. And then it came out, I was like, oh, God damn it, that sucked. So that was a big wet noodle on, on kind of, and it was, it was still good we won. So I'm not going to complain. You know, winning four-player Morgul Vale is pretty hard. I know we did one slight thing yep um i guess i'll talk about it now something we could talk about later but i'll just mention it a lot of people were doing for master's malice instead of the way that works is basically if you're not running a monosphere deck it kills all half of your board (laughs) (laughs) that's basically what happens half to a third of your board is dead um but a lot of people played it was like deal three damage to a character you control instead of having to basically nuke your board uh, if you play a multi-sphere, but, you know, as we mentioned in, in, in the previous ones, I brought monosphere, so it wasn't an issue for me. And I, so we'll we'll talk about that later, but that was one thing that um, a lot of people did that changed it. That was something that we did as well, um, which, yeah, I guess there were a couple of us where it wouldn't have mattered. I think, um, right, you and Autumn both had monosphere decks. It was it was Nick and myself that that were not running a monosphere. So, right. I mean, I think his only one was Brodo. I was like his only non-lore card, but to lose Brodo, I would have been pretty sucky for his deck, I think. Um, for sure. And so, I think he had Overhill, Underhill, Gandalf, who was doing work, too, that would have gotten smoked, too. And yeah, I was. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it kills him. Uh, I think. It, uh, oh, true. It four damage, right? I think so. I think it would just hurt him a lot. But yeah. um, anyway, that's beside the point. So that was Morgul Vale. Uh, difficult quest. As I said, we lost one time and got, I think pretty handed uh, we got smoked i think the first round to be honest second one i think we had it pretty as, as much under control as you can in a four-player game right right the gather infos just helped so much i think autumn was able to find a jubair on something else you know and <laughs> so it, when everybody can go fetch the two most important cards in their deck right away it it just you you get such a jump start in the encounter deck that it we were able to kind of coast from there yeah, yeah. My second gather info, I had to ask. I was like, "What the hell should I even get?" I looked at you because I was like, "I don't even know what to grab." Because I kind of had the stuff I needed, and I was like, "I don't know what I should be doing here," you know? Because it was like, uh, "How many times you get to play gather info twice?" Right? That's pretty. That doesn't happen much. Yeah. Yep. Um, and eagles decks. So. You know, it's always fun to play two at the same time. I don't think we did anything like super crazy with our eagles that game. It was mostly just whoever got an eagles of the misty mountain first. It was nice to have like guarantee there was one on the table both games basically right from the beginning because one of us was going to find one 
that we could then just feed eagles to from there on out. <laughs> exactly. Cause I think I tried to play mine as soon as possible. And then I just ate all of your eagles. <laughs> yep, basically. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was nice to have two decks that worked so well together without really even planning about it too. It was just like, Oh, we sat down and it was like, all right, cool. These work together. And it was a good quest for them to work together in too. So, um, that was basically the only time we really worked together, so that's why I want to bring it up here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't all not strife. Synerg- yeah. Right. Yeah. Other decks not synergized, or we were not trying to troll each other as much. Um, but yeah, that was that was a nice, pleasant surprise to have those two decks just be so good together. Um, not a synergy. So yeah, pretty nice time. Um, think should we move on to our next our next one here? We should. Okay. So the second quest we played together was the Nine Abroad, which was the ALEP epic multiplayer quest that they brought for everybody to play. Um, we reconvened uh, a group from last year. Did I, I think I already talked about the Skyrock of the Shire quest right. in the last one with Arkenstone. So it was the two of us, Salted Pork and Mr. Space Bear. Um, so we played. I wanted to get the group back together because of this previous uh, ALEP Skyrock of the Shire game. I was like, okay, we got to get to back together for for the jokes uh so we can make fun of shellen and stuff and it'll be <laughs> fun to do um so we, we got the the gang back together and we had a, i thought i personally i like playing with you guys and i had a great time playing with everybody because it's uh i think we we like to enjoy the game a lot when we play together we're not very serious when the four of us right. together. a lot of jokes <laughs> exactly um, yeah, that's it it's, there's a lot of fun happening in between the the playing of the game for sure right um, so the four decks we played, um, Space Bear basically had an Elrond Villia deck. There was some more stuff going on with it, but that's the main thing that was important about it, right? Um, yep. and we'll get to why that was really important later, but that was the yeah. main thrust of his deck was Elrond Villia. Like I said, other stuff, but not, not totally important. Um, Pork was playing the Imrahil Burglar's turn deck that he has. So technically this quest doesn't allow it, but... Uh, there's a specific rule that says you can house rule it, and he's like, I helped design this quest, I love this contract, I'm playing it. So that was pretty funny um, for him to play that. And then you played the Eagles again, right? Yep. yep. And then I played the Swagans deck, which I briefly mentioned on Road to Rings as having not played it, not knowing what the hell I was doing. I was kind of proven true sometimes when I played it, because I think back and I, I don't think I played it very optimally, but um, I didn't know every card in the deck. Kind of tough. You don't know what the, all the cards are in the deck, really what it does. Uh, basically, that was a alt art deck that Splice made that was centered around the concept of bros. So it was a lot of like drinking, um, sports related stuff, uh, just typical bro behavior, right? Um, yep. You know, parties, dancing, and stuff too. And it was all centered around this idea of being able to reduce other people's threats. So, um, did you want to talk at all, at all about the quest itself here? I'm not quite sure. Or do we just want to talk about the decks? It's up to you. I mean, we could talk a little bit about the quest mechanics because it'll be important for kind of the, the biggest plays of the game for us there. But it's, you know, for those that weren't at the con, it, it'll be available here soon um, on Aleph's website. But it, it's kind of like um, Temple of the Deceived or uh, the Aleph Glittering Caves quest where we got a big old map. Uh, and you're moving around it uh, as a group instead of having a traditional staging area. And in this case, the map was all of Middle-earth. And you're going through uh, trying to find the Nazgul. And 
there's some epic multiplayer pieces happening where you can go and help deal with other tables and those sorts of things that you and I, partly we, we really had nothing to do with that, right? We kind of let uh, Salted Pork run any of the, like, figure yeah. out what other groups are doing. Um, right, he helped develop the quest, so we made, we made him do it, basically. <laughs> we were like, oh, I don't know exactly, we were just along for the ride. Um, and and it, yeah, it's pretty fun. You When you explore locations, you get to try to, like, bad things can happen to you and you can try to find a Nazgul. Uh, and then once all the Nazgul have been found by everybody, you kill them all and then go kill the Witch King. So it's kind of like a very three-step quest where most of the time was spent on that first stage, like running all around the map, trying to find where the Nazgul were, basically. Uh, and that's where your deck really came in, because it was a pretty long quest, both in terms of time and number of rounds, right? Yeah, I think... Um... I think it took about two hours total. Yep. Um, roughly. And I was saying salted pork at the end. It said it felt like it was stage one. There are only two stages, basically. There's one fighting the Nazgul, two killing the Nazgul. Yep. And I was like, man, that first stage felt like it took an hour and a half. And that second one felt like it took 30 minutes. Because yep. once you got to that, everybody was um, kind of souped up and ready. And then you just kind of killed them really quickly. And it was like, okay, it was it wasn't. So it was weird. I thought the I thought the pacing was a bit off, um, because you needed to get a certain amount of resources on these on these uh, specific areas of the map so you could find one, and it just took a little bit too long to be able to to get into kind of what I thought about it. But um, the other thing about it, uh, you're yeah, you're listening to rumors, and I tried to make on the vlog. <laughs> I reference rumors, the Fleetwood Mac album, and you seem to have no clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> not a clue. No. I even, even tried to give you. A, a more famous one. I ask you in the vlog, like, was that rumor more secondhand news or the chain? And you just like, I could tell you have no clue what I'm talking about. Like, I, I remember I, that. It over well. Oh God, I I think I said something. Not I. I mean, I answered your question with something completely not along with the reference to. Yeah, no, that not a clue. I had no idea until right now. This moment now was when I learned this was happening. Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe. Yeah, I guess you probably didn't know, but I, you could have went with like uh, I thought maybe "Go Your Own Way" was where you were. What you were gonna say. I should have said that one. Maybe you would have known what I was uh, talking about. But uh, that's yeah, that was me a funny. Lot of credit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny in the vlog because I watched it back and I was like, I kind of um, in real time, I kind of didn't notice how funny it was. But yeah, as you clearly have no clue, and just talk about something else, I'm like, this is really funny. <laughs> but I'm, I'm trying to reference Fleetwood, and you just stand total stonewall me. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned in the first part of that one, there's so much, um, there's this one card, I guess, uh, let's step back here for a second. So there were three groups, and depending on how many, um, I guess there were, uh, I'll call them sections, right? Because if I say groups, it'll be really confusing. There were three sections of people playing it. There was yep. a section of seven, one of eight, one of nine. We were in the section of nine groups playing it. Yep. And depending on how many, um, Groups, they could be one to four players in in each group. That's how many Nazgul you had to find. So we had to find nine. So it took that's one of the reasons why it took us kind of longer too, because it was like we have to find nine from all these groups, mm-hmm. and it's kind of forever. Um, but one of the cards in it is um, this card. The nine are abroad, and it forces you to raise your threat. And there were a lot of doomed cards that would raise your threat. There's like a shadow where um, I forget how it works, but uh, when you resolve it, everybody has to resolve it, and it was. Um, Raise your threat by one. Uh, so everybody had to raise your threat by one. 
And then um, it's just general. There were doomed cards. There was one that was like doomed one. And then each player has to raise their threat by like um, two or something like that. Because I forget what it, I think it was because it was 12, right? I think total that we, we counted for that, like card. that. Yeah. And um, so the swag and stack, the way, as I mentioned, it works is it plays a uh, song of Arendil and it plays a lot of threat reduction cards. Galadrim's Greeting, Shire Folk, um, Smoke Rings. Um, it has Mary, uh, Spirit and Mary Hero. It's all these things that reduce your threat. So the, the point of the deck is like, the Song of Arendil does not exhaust and does not like say like limit once. It has no limit on it. So yeah. and when everybody raises their threat, one person can use one Song of Arendil to just um, raise their threat to lower everybody else every time they, they go up. So, like, if you go up four, I can just say, well, I'll take my four and your four. So I go up eight, and you go up zero. And so that's basically the, the way that the Swagon stack works. And, yeah, it was actually the best, probably the best tech deck out of all the decks I played, because Splice played it, Chad played it, I played it, and we all were, like, MVP of our games. Um, and they played it better than me, because, as I mentioned, I didn't quite understand. Like, I didn't know... Um, is this card called Smoke and Think, the one that reduces a card by the amount of pipes you have? Right. I yep. didn't even know that card existed, really. <laughs> oh, I, was like, I drew it late in the game, and I was like, oh my god, I should have, I had this drinking song in my hand for like three turns, I should have been trying to get this card. And I, I just didn't know, I just, because uh, I had not drawn it early, I didn't realize I should have been playing it um, a bunch of times. I was like, wow, I played this deck way wrong here. Um, but... Yeah, in our game, because of the way it worked, I probably absorbed like 70 threat. And because there were a lot of groups having threat problems and threatening out many, I think I heard a bunch of groups saying, oh yeah, we threaded out. Or this person threaded out of our group and was like, um, end of the game, you guys are probably around where you started. And pretty close. Or which, lower. Yeah, which is crazy because we had, you know, I think Bob and I both had like very tactics heavy decks with basically no threat mm-hmm. reduction. Uh, now that exactly. I'm saying this, I remember that one of Space Bear's heroes was Gandalf. Or, or you had Overhill, Underhill, Gandalf. Is that right? I had Overhill, Underhill. I didn't play okay. him until late. Right, because I had Gandalf for my threat reduction and couldn't use him uh, even. So the the Swagans deck was very necessary for us to... Like, I would have threaded out for sure if you wouldn't have been at the table. Yeah, it was it was incredible how I got hardly ever engaged. I had a few enemies engaged with me. There was a joke where I killed Bilbo three times in the game, which we really enjoyed because I, I spliced the, one of the only things he told me before I started was like, oh, you should play Bilbo to get a pipe, kill him, and play him again to get another pipe. So I was like, okay, this is the one thing, one piloting instruction. Otherwise, he told me, like, just play threat reduction cards. I was like, okay, fine. Play pipes, play threat reduction cards. I was like, all right, cool. And then I, I, I didn't see enough pipes was one of the problems, too. Early, I had to discard a spare pipe to a treachery or something like that, and then I just didn't see any for a long time. Sure. Um, and, and I think I only had the Hobbit pipe. That became a bit of, of a mini-game for our table there, where we were trying to see how many times, with, with Will of the West and your copies, we could see Bilbo come into play and kill him. You know, we were... You know, we were cheering a little bit at the end of the game when you drew into Bilbo towards the end, and we got to take him out again, which was pretty funny, I thought. Yeah, that was. Yeah, everybody was very excited to watch him die. Because I killed the first two so quickly. That was like the first three turns of the game, and I had him gone. I yep. just took direct damage on him, and I was like, I'll just kill him. Um, but yeah, it was it was seriously good because it was... I think I was... Um, was I under... Tw- the vlog will show. I think I might have been at 19 to end the game. So... Um, yeah, I mean, you dropped yourself down to like seven or eight at one point, <laughs> which was just yeah, wild. yeah, yeah. 
and I was in I was in like the high twenties that yep. to start that turn because I'd absorbed like that was a turn I think I absorbed eight from you guys total on top yeah. of mine, and then um, yeah, then I played a bunch of threat reduction. I went down to single digits again. I was like, all right, let's roll, <laughs> let's roll it up again. So yeah, very good deck. Uh, that was like basically perfect to play against this quest. That um, Splice had kind of mentioned he was I think because he helped playtest I think or he, he knew a little a bit. Times. He was like. Yep. Yeah, he was like, that'll be a good deck to play. Because I was like, should I play it against this quest? Because like, I'm going to try to play it this weekend, but I don't know how to know what I'm doing. He's like, yeah, play it against uh, Night Abroad. It'll be good. And he was totally right. It was um, critical, I think, to us surviving. And it was also very, very funny, too, because it would they would just yell Night Abroad, and we were just like, oh. Everybody that pointed at called, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was called Arlie Ray's Threat. Yeah, that's what basically we did. Yeah. And every time, anytime we'd get these big threat ones, it was just like, all right, just give it all to me. I can just take it all in. Because you guys right. had good enough combat decks, too, that it didn't matter, right? That was, that was the one thing about my deck. It's because I couldn't get overhill Gandalf. I was like, boy, if I get enemies engaged with me, I'm in trouble. But you guys had so much Sentinel in range, it didn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my Eagle deck, I'm glad that I got to play it during that one. Because I had had, I don't want to say issues with it up to that point in the con. Because uh, it had worked well, like we talked about our Morgul Veil game, it worked. But uh, for those who haven't played the new Alep Eagles, kind of the point of them is you have some ways to pass them around the table to other people to gain control of them. And that's where the fun in the deck comes from, is being able to, like, you know, in the encounter phase, see that enemies are coming somewhere else and send your Eagles elsewhere to chump or die. And so <laughs> I got to have a lot of fun. I got an Eagles of the Misty Mountain. Uh, powered up to be an 11 11 uh, attack and defense just with the the big old flock of dead eagles underneath it <laughs> through the course of the game that i then yeah got to pass out throughout the you know game each round i know i gave it to to mr space bear a couple times to help kill because there were some i think there were some enemies in the quest that got plus attack and plus hit points based on the number of cards oh the yeah in their hand and you had a hand of like 12 cards yeah, I had one day. I had eleven because we did we did yeah. uh, Phoenix Suns money guy, and then but later in the game, Space Bear had like nineteen or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it it, it got had to be more a lot of me. fun. I got to pass around the crazy huge eagle multiple times all over the place. It was flying everywhere. It was, uh, it it was a fun game how they worked together. And yeah, uh, Salted Pork's mono tactics burglars turn deck is just like a a sentinel and ranged factory basically on top of having like Gwai here with a support of the eagles mm-hmm. you know with an 11 <laughs> attack eagle on the table there's a lot of yeah, yeah. Sentinel out there yeah and he, he did like all of our rumor searching too because he had so many allies and a lot of them had like three attack strengths. he's like i'll just do all the he, he did pretty much all yep. the rumors for us too which is nice because he had a huge board too because that's yeah. another one where it's like oh he can play so many allies out um because he had i think he had here right so he's yes, playing yeah, it's a here discount deck. so he just had so many allies. It was like, okay, why don't you just do all the rumors? So um, our table, everything worked out really well for us. The the four decks worked really well. And I mean, also, we were like, we, we were having the proper level of fun with it, too, I think, which is what made it enjoyable. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. Um, and so we were, I think. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. no. Go ahead. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think we got to talk about, like, the big moment. Because like I said, like yeah. we were saying, like, our decks all worked. They did what they were supposed to do throughout the point but we got to the the stage where you're finally starting to kill Nazgul and like you mentioned at that point we're we're many 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 rounds deep into the game so we're deep enough that 
Salted Pork's got a huge army. Space Bear's got his Elrond and Billy, all these things set up. <laughs> and we're we're to a point where the Nazgul, I think, have six attack. They take like 20 uh, hit points or something like that with six armor. So 26 damage to kill. Yep. And there we have them all bunched up in this corner of the map where we are. And we're trying to figure out, too. like, yeah, can we kill them? And we, we did a little bit of a rules goof here where we were thinking we could take out a third also. We're like, is there any way we can do this? And Space Bears just sit in there, like, kind of smirking, telling us, like, goading us along, right? He's <laughs> like, we we have to do this. Like, you can do it. Like, Bob's sitting there. He hadn't used AON yet uh, for her trigger to get 10 attack. He's trying to math it out and doesn't think he can do it. Um <laughs> Nate just keeps telling us, like, do it. We can do it. So we just trusted him and went all in. And uh, what was the two-card combo that uh, Bob played? What? Oath of Aeoral. Oath of Aeoral, uh, which lets you you make attacks before you have to defend. So yep, exactly. Um, so so you can basically... It's like quick strike for everybody in your team. So if, if you're strong enough, you can, like, wipe everybody engaged with you. And so the Nazgul are engaged with you all the time, all four of us all the time. Yep. Um. So this this is important too because like we had two I think a lot of other people only had one and yes. it was like um so we were kind of had like the difficult task of like oh because everybody's got to take an attack by these Nazgul's is part of the problem too so like so if two Nazgul's so we've all got to take two attacks from those and if we have any other enemies engaged with those which we all did so it was like because the previous thing was the the weird way Chris wanted us to advance we had finished encounter and we had dealt shadows and then he's like advance yeah. and we would have had nazgul but it's like we already kind of are in combat so it doesn't make sense we because if we we can't really engage and we already did engagement right yeah so it's like we were like okay we'll just skip them for engaging this round because honestly it doesn't make sense in the way the game plays for us to engage enemies after we did engagement already because we yeah. wouldn't have done we if we had known we were going to advance we would not have moved into that area because it would have been like, oh, we'll wait one turn. So we basically gave ourselves a buffer. But then, yeah, so Oath of Aeoral, he plays it, so he's able to uh, attack. And I think he kills them all. And I, I watched the video yesterday, and I'm pretty sure he kills them all with Oath of Aeoral the first time. And he has a couple left over, and he kills, like, some weenies. And then, um, so the way the quest typically works is, um, as, as you've described, it's a map, and you move around these locations. And usually... Every location you've moved through, you can fight enemies um, and yeah. engage them from any any of those locations. So if you moved from, like, let's say it's, um, you know, the middle of the map to the top right, and you moved through, like, the top row, you could fight all, like, three of those locations of enemies. Um, so we thought we could do this for the Nazgul, too, because you did it for the rest of the game, right? So we assumed we could do it, so we moved down from the top right down to, like, the middle one to fight a third one. And then, yeah, so... Bob kills them all with Oath of Aeoral. Space Bridge is Elrond, free peoples. <laughs> so all of Bob's characters <laughs> are ready incredible. again. And it's like, oh, okay. So they just kills the other one and like completely destroys the board. Um, so I think we should count it that we killed three because that's like, because Chris was like, oh, you can only fight the ones that at you're your at location. the location with. Yeah. But it was like, well, that's kind of counterintuitive to the previous rule where you could fight everything at these other locations. It's like, that's like two rules that kind of butt up against each other that are like, um, I kind of get what he's going at, but it's such a niche thing, and it kind of doesn't make sense to be like. Um, maybe it's supposed to help the players if you move out of a location. I don't know, but um, right. Semantically, the difference was I think in round or stage one, you could engage 
like any location you went through, you could either optionally engage and those enemies made engagement checks. Whereas the Nazgul, you could not optionally engage them, but they were considered to be engaged with every player okay. at their location. I think was this like the the nitty gritty rules difference. So like yeah, which he's right, yeah, but yeah, it was confusing exactly. after playing the other way for an hour and a half. Right. That's that's kind of my point. We played like this for an hour and a half, and we played this way for twenty minutes. It's like, well, these things don't. Now yep. it's confusing, right? But anyway, we're getting into kind of like criticism and semantics, or whatever. But so we, I, I, I consider that we I probably did it. it because, and as we were saying to the odds of there's no other team that tried to do that that tried to kill. It was like oh, we want to kill another one, right? And and it's so they would like so rare, like one in two hundred games somebody would do something like this would be like oh yeah we can actually kill we can kill three Nazgul before we take attacks yeah like <laughs> right what? i mean that's not gonna happen right it was total cir- circumstance and luck because we did not plan it at all it was not set up that way it just happened to ha- you know it just happened to happen that way so it was like very cool moment I-, I feel the four of us feels if we did it that's all that really matters right because it was very cool and it was awesome and it was hilarious because it was like um he just came with like a machine gun and mowed him down. It was like, I was looking at the Nazgul. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And he just killed them all. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and it's one of the joys of, I think, playing at these cons. Like, these sorts of plays can't happen anywhere else with, even with like tailored decks. Like, the three of us had no idea that Mr. Space Bear would have free peoples in his deck. You know, he, right. you know, we were we were abiding by the table talk rule mostly because, you know, we're trying to play quick, trying to have fun. Like we're not planning everything out meticulously like maybe we did for the Morgul Vale final staging. We're just we're playing fast, playing loose, playing fun. And, you know, he just was like, yeah, no, trust me, we can do this. <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, an epic moment for all of us when he just villias free people off the top of his deck. Like none of us saw it coming. Like we we're halfway through combat, didn't think we could pull it off. and and. Lo and behold, there was the one card that we could do it with. It was uh, quite the highlight play, I think. Yeah, probably the marquee moment of that game for us was, yeah, uh, the oh, open roll free, free peoples. Because it was just, as we said, so crazy, so unexpected. Um, because it just, we didn't try to set it up at all. Things just kind of worked out that way for us. And it was very cool and um I will say it too, as somebody who had like no combat in their deck, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna be doing here. So I was like, <laughs> for Bob to just like mow him down and then just do it again, I was like, sweet. Because I, I was basically playing support the entire time with the, the swagon, so I wasn't really doing anything other than lower, absorbing everybody's threat, which, as we yep. mentioned, was critical. But I wasn't really involved doing much else. So um, yeah, you guys being able to just mow everybody down was pretty awesome, and I I thoroughly enjoyed that moment, and it was cool. It is on the vlog, um, so people will see it as well. Uh, yeah, and I mean that was kind of the end of the game for us mostly because the the Witch King yeah. ended up being in the like very southwest corner of the map, and we were killing Nazgul the, opposite the very corner of the northeast. Map. Yeah, yeah. So I think we maybe got down to the Witch King's location and got to take one swing at him, but with I think maybe seven of the nine groups were still alive at that point. They did the the lion's share of the work actually damaging the Witch King, which was kind of like uh, the way Dreadnought worked. For, for those of you that have played that one, where it's a ton of hit points and can only take a certain amount per round from each group. Uh, yeah, it was we, 20. We, we barely helped. I think we got down there and did did our 20 for one round uh, <laughs> because we kind of, we, we did all of our, our massive stuff the two rounds before with the taking out those three Nazgul. Right, because we didn't have like the, the highest level of willpower decks. 
at, at the time too. So it was like you needed to remove a certain amount of uh, progress to move locations as there are spots on the map. It's because we were on the exact opposite, we would have had to have quested for like 50 or something like that to be able to move down. And then we would not have had enough to do damage. So it was like, it just took too long for us to get down there. So yeah, the end of our game was a little dull and boring because we kind of knew we were like, we did our cool play and we're not going to make it down in time to do anything. <laughs> you know, yep. we made it once and we, we did the combat and then I don't even think we got to staging again and it was over. So yeah, but it was um, fun. We had a good time together. Yeah, it was fun Overall. playing with those guys. It was fun running those decks together and having those moments and um that was kind of why we got the group back together was just to have some fun so i enjoyed it and i mean we ran it we ran it back with the same group basically immediately afterwards didn't we we did we did we'll move on to our next one here into fangorn which is the um again the four of us same players it's the one with the horns the trees from uh the voice of isengard deluxe so the decks we played I just, this time I went with Keldara. Yep. And I'll explain why we did some of these ones in a second here. You did a Last Alliance, the one you've mentioned on the previous episode of this show, the Bears one. Yep. Bears um, and Trees. Pork had a Rohan deck, and then Bear had a Saruman doomed deck. Mm-hmm. And so the reason we brought this is because we wanted to do this achievement. Um, we re- You removed the hinder keyword from enemies. So that, um, you might have to help me here. What what I remember is that it they don't attack you in the combat phase, but they right. like raise your threat or something. I don't remember exactly what happens. They remove progress, I think, oh, either progress. equal to their attack or equal to their threat. It's one or the other. But yeah, they, they slow down your questing, basically. Right, that's what it is. So the uh, thing was you could remove hinder so they would attack you instead of doing this removing progress thing. So we had to bring combat-capable decks because... They're huge. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. Typically the trees don't matter because it's like whatever. Six attacks like quest over them. Yep. <laughs> yeah, right. But when it's like, oh, six attacks right now I'm getting attacked, it's like, oh, okay, now it matters, right? Yeah, so, it's like a four, six, six, ten tree that you're getting right <laughs> off the bat. Uh so yeah, we had to go combat combat heavy. Right. So that explains our our uh our choice of decks here. Um as opposed to just going all out willpower like I think you normally would in it. We were like, okay, we gotta have four fight fighting decks here um we had to do it twice the first game oh it went so bad it was horrible so bad <laughs> it was, this was i couldn't imagine it going worse because uh so this one has got uh a thing to kind of get rid of in the game which is like uh reveal x amount of cards per player and so the first uh first one we get <laughs> is this treachery that basically reveals uh an enemy per player in the game and so it's like oh so we're going to start with four enemies in the staging area immediately, plus have to reveal three more cards. Oh, yep. exciting. Oh, it was bad. And, you know, we limped along even with that for quite a few rounds, actually. Like, I, we called it quits eventually because we finally lost a hero, but I think we made it like three or four rounds of just, you know, combat heavy decks, barely questing successfully and slowly but we we just got to the point where we couldn't kill any of the trees because we were spending all of our yeah. resources on staying alive so we we call the scoop on it right because we all took that uh the one that has one threat uh, or one engagement cost but raises yeah. it by two every uh resource phase or refresh phase whatever raises it by two every round basically again so if you can't kill that enemy really quickly then all the other ones are going to start engaging you and that was a yep. problem we basically That's treaded water for a little bit 
then our threat went up and then we just sank. So um yeah, that was that was uh probably the worst possible start for that, I would say, right? Oh yeah, because yeah, the treachery was I think each Huron enemy engaged with the player makes an immediate attack, and if there are none, each player oh, fetches that's one. That's what it is. And, and yep. it's like, well, yeah, obviously during setup, it's the first setup card revealed. Like, of course we don't have one. <laughs> I'm sure that that has happened plenty of times in that quest, and you usually just quest over the top of the Hurons and win anyway, but they were particularly nasty in this this achievement version. Right, yeah, because having to fight them is what made it, made it hard. Because we would otherwise have the 38 ones, right? And then just quest yes. it over, but because we yeah. knew we had to fight him, it was like, I guess we'll take out the one that's the smallest got, attack ones, basically the smallest one, yeah, to try to try to get this done. But it did, it didn't happen for like I don't know, I can't remember if we killed any, but we might have, but it, it, it didn't matter. We did we, not. We, no, I kept trying to, and I kept having to exhaust characters and stuff because my Grimbeorn deck yeah. actually started up quick. But uh, yeah, I think there were shadows that made you exhaust characters you control, and we couldn't kill. Yeah, it sounds right. Yep, it was bad. But we we scooped and got a much more normal setup the second time, I think, where we got like a couple enemies and a couple locations in the staging area, and it, it went a lot more smoothly the second time around. Yeah, because I remember we had those, uh, the Tangling Woods was the one that was in there that yeah. we exhaust a hero, and it there, wasn't yep. that big of a a big of a deal. Because um, they, they don't stack, so we only have to exhaust one hero every single time, so it was like, okay, whatever. And we got some few more, and then yeah, it, just, it went a lot better. Um, we got better starts, I think, in general. And it really just was the difference was we didn't have that damn car treachery come on as the first thing. And we saw it later, and I think I canceled it at one one of them at one point. And we hit um, it later and had to deal with it, but we're set up enough to deal with it, too. So, yeah. Mostly yes, bad during exactly. Setup. Yeah, yeah. It was basically the first game. That's probably the worst possible thing to have happen. <laughs> so, um that that one uh we kind of cruised I, I in the vlog I, I noticed i have a video and we're all really set up and we have huge boards and the game just ends and everybody's kind of yep. like oh <laughs> the game is over everybody's like well, we finally got going i'm kind of sad i think uh bob literally says he's like oh we finally got going here i'm kind of sad the game is over <laughs> because it was like everybody finally was ready to go everybody was souped up i think uh i had multiple northern trackers in play it was I like every attachments go. on Grim Bayorn. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, you said I could finally. Yeah, you say I could finally kill a Huard in one attack here. Yep. And this is the last <laughs> turn of the game. Yep. Oh, God, it was, it was that was a little sad, but um, I think that's how the quest is supposed to more go, because it's supposed to be easy quest. And I know removing the hinder changes that game changes it a lot, but um, that's not supposed to be a very difficult quest to begin with. So the fact that we struggled the first time, I think, was surprising. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I, a lot of the achievements at the con are kind of fun and do some goofy things. This is the one that I would say, like, I, I would recommend this to anybody. This, into Fangorn's one of the worst quests in the game. Because so you can, yeah, you, you literally can, as long as you can get, like, 12 willpower. You don't even need that much. Like, as long as you can quest for, like, 10 or 12 for the first couple rounds of the game, you will win in three or four rounds every single time, just by committing characters to the quest. So removing the hinder keyword, it it made it fun. It was still short, um, but it was by far the most fun I've ever had playing into Fangorn. Like I would absolutely recommend giving this one a shot <laughs> for anybody just to just to give it a chance, fight some big old angry trees without the hinder keyword someday. Yeah, it was a lot more fun. I I hundred percent agree because as you said, that's a kind of just dry quest. Um, 
to play normally. So, yeah. Um, the note, the notable thing was because um, Space Bear was playing a Saruman deck. He's playing a lot of doomed cards. Yep. Uh, he played two Legacy of Numenors because you can reduce the doomed amount with his staff. And he says like that's the only time I've ever played two in a game because we were like, sure, yeah, let's take some more because uh, you know having to kill the enemies, you need the resources to play the allies again. So yep. uh, everybody kind of wanted them. And then um, he also gave us a ton of card draw. I think at the end of the thing, he's like, I wanted to play one more deep knowledge so I could get you guys up to like 22 cards drawn in the game or something like that. He drew an insane amount of cards too. Um, so yeah, yeah, and playing an expensive deck of Ensign Bjornings like I was, like it, like that deck has never been crazier by getting just all those free resources and cards throughout the game. I. I have not had the opportunity to play along Saruman decks like with other people playing him very often, uh, and I loved it. Uh, I would, I would strongly recommend anybody that plays with me to bring a Saruman deck again. That was nice. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed benefiting from it. Uh, I'm not sure how much, you know, because playing it's tricky because of the yeah. he starts with high threat and his his yeah, no, uh, no. negative. Somebody box, else play it for somebody him. else can play it. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed getting the like. I guess with Keldar, I didn't I didn't need the resources as much as you did, but I was still like, sure, I'll take them. Um, but uh, yeah, I liked getting the stuff from him for cheap, so that was nice. Um, so yeah, it was it was a fun. That was a quick game though. Um, yeah, which was nice after kind of playing Nine Abroad right before. Yes, yeah, yeah, a lot less brain burn because Nine Abroad was a bit complicated at times. So it was nice to have um, a bit of an easier quest, or so we thought, right? Uh, until yeah. our first game, so. Um, that was the third game, and then let's move on to our last one we played together. The main the... event. Yes, it was the main event of Sunday too, because like I was like the only I played one other game I think other than this one, and it was the all players play the burglars turn. So if, uh, people don't remember how that works. It's the contract where you can have no attachments, and then each attachment. Or basically, you put 14 item and artifacts into the side deck, and when you travel to the location, you attach one of them, and then the active location gets plus one quest point for every attachment on it. But then if four players play it, it's uh, it goes up exponentially. It's not just like... Um, so each person adds four, so it adds plus 16. Yep. So that we played Helm's Deep because this has a uh, special keyword defense, where the enemies are trying to uh, quest through locations, and the the quest cards as opposed to the heroes, you're basically trying to normally you quest to try to prevent them from placing progress. Um, so this is a huge um, tech card against it. Completely nerfs the quest. So we want to do it for the the memes, for the jokes, and the laughs. So this was uh, you and me, of course. We yep. played this with salted pork and autumn, and so we played. Um, Salted Pork Bob once again played the Immerhill Burglar uh, deck that we mentioned in Night Abroad. Um, you played your lore, victory, display, mono lore type of deck, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, and then Autumn played, uh, she played Mono Spirit. The important thing was she played Widfast, which is uh, Ayla Pure that lets you travel to a second active location. Um, and then I played Keldara, pretty standard stuff. Um, so that was what we played. Um, I'm going to mention one thing here and then I'll let you kind of talk a little bit about the game here, Shellen. Sure. Um, so as I mentioned, uh, Autumn played 
Widfast, which gives a second active location, so that way the enemies have to quest through two active locations, which right. are each getting plus 16, so that's plus 32 on locations before they can go on the quest card. And as I mentioned, as they kind of burn through the quest card, if they get through them all, you lose the game, essentially, or almost all of them. I think it's like four out of the five, you lose the game. And your job is to basically um, hold on for a certain amount of rounds. I think it's eight rounds. And then once you get to the eighth round, you, uh, no matter what stage you're on, you advance to stage five, which basically stops the, this is like a, thematically the beginning of it is like, oh, they're sieging Helm's Deep. And then this is like, oh, mop up duty, we won. So we're trying to, that scene where Gandalf and Aelmir ride down the hill and they kill all the orcs. Basically, that's stage five. There's no more new cards that come out, and you just got to kill the orcs and win. So once you last for eight rounds, it automatically pushes you to this one. So um, this is the one where we kind of knew there was a certain amount of rounds that we had to play because it's like, you well, you can't advance any faster than that. So, yeah, exactly. Um, you're you're waiting for Gandalf for to show up on the first line of the fifth day, basically there for stage five for you. So you're, I think it's pretty fun and thematic. But yeah, we're, yeah. we're just you're just holding out, and then you need to kill all the enemies that are in play to win after you've survived that long. Right. So essentially, our strategy was just build up a huge buffer for active locations, so they couldn't yep. really quest through, and then um, just last the eight rounds because when that locations typically leave play, some bad stuff happens. But because you have so many active or attachments on it, they don't really leave play that often. So um, that was essentially the strat overall top-down view of the the game and the strategy of it do you want to go into a little bit more um details i suppose yeah absolutely so i had had the pleasure obviously of playing with you and your caldara deck uh many times last year at the con and you know seeing it on rings db i've played with bob's um mono tactics one many times before and had and had even gotten to sit down and play some dragon card games with autumn so i kind of got to build a fourth deck that complemented your guys's and it I don't know, it worked almost perfectly that all four of our decks, you, you would have thought that all four of us sat and planned together, I think, how well it worked. Um, we we did Poison Councils at the beginning, because that's just fun uh, to do, and we hit uh, Imrahil for you, who we were calling Jimrahil <laughs> for the Jim game. Jimrahil, yeah. Yep, was, since Bob was running the, uh, the Tactics Hero version. Uh, Autumn hit Elfhelm. I hit Furial. And Bob hit Boromir, so I'm not sure we could have done better on our free allies that we started the game with. And then I spent my three resources from that three free round to play out of the wild, and I hit um, the treachery knight without end that removes a resource token or basically is like a double surge if you can't, which is a terrible, terrible thing to get and set up for the quest since you have to reveal cards. Uh, so we had like the best start maybe humanly possible for that quest with four insanely strong allies and getting like one of the two treacheries that could have hurt us out of the deck right off the bat. Right. Are you sure you played Furial or did you pick Eorith? I wasn't. Uh... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I did jokingly pretend that I had to hit Eorith. And I think you said from across the table because you were making fun of my my burglars turn deck before the game started that it was kind of janky and barely held together at the seams, mostly because that's what I had been saying about it. Yeah, it was uh, kind of untested. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I played it once earlier in the con uh, against an encounter at Amon Din, and we almost lost. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it, it was untested. And uh, see, so yeah, I jokingly pretended that I had only found Eorith in my opening hand. Um, but then, yeah, 
drop the Furiel on the table instead, which was a lot better for to play for free. I, I think five resources versus zero was probably the right choice for me. Eh, maybe. <laughs> um. But um, try to think some of the early game. I, we got to see the absurdity of it right away. We had to quest successfully, or not not necessarily successfully, but like at least okay the very first round, which mm-hmm. we were set up okay to do, thankfully, for the decks. But just getting to see, you know, 16 cards come onto the, or sorry, 8 cards come onto the table from Burglar's Turn decks when we traveled to two locations that first round was just hilarious. Like, we knew we were in for something special right from the very first travel phase of that game, basically, I think. Yeah, because I think we got, like, Xaxes where it got the four progress to explore. Clear the location, yeah. Is it the gate or whatever, or the wall, or the hell it is? Yeah. And so then we were like, okay, so now we'll travel to two locations on the very first turn, and here's here's all of our loot coming into onto play, and a plus 16 for each. It was just thematically, it's very funny. I think to myself, like, um, the orcs, they bust down the door, and then, like, the first, like, five orcs trip over all the crap that they find, and then, like, this whole line of orcs is, like, waiting behind them, like, Orc, like, 100 in line is like, what the hell is going on? Like, Orc 200 is, like, ordering pizza because it's taking so long. Meanwhile, like, Orc 3 has got, like, a broken wrist and is trying to, like, help Orcs 1 and 4 try to, like, move this stuff out of the way. It's, like, very conceptually funny that, like, as they explore these locations, we're getting all this good stuff because it doesn't make sense, uh, really. Yeah. And also that first round, because, you know, I said that I built my deck around your guys' decks. But mm-hmm. I, I didn't tech for the quest at all. I basically just thought, you know, like, victory display is good in four-player. I'm going to try to do these things. And in that very first staging, we hit a treachery devilry of Saruman, which places three progress on the main quest, bypassing the active locations. So, I mean, it was... Oh, so it was like, and, and all four of us were like, oh, crap, I didn't realize that there was a card in the deck that did this or like we <laughs> forgot. This one? Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's, that was pretty funny. We spent a large amount of time. Like, I think we finally got one into the victory display and I doors closed one and maybe you and autumn canceled it a couple more times throughout the game. Uh, but we hit it twice over the course of the full game. So we had six progress on our quest card uh, because we just completely forgot that there was a treachery that could kind of blow up our plans potentially. Right. And what's funny is that was the only progress that the encounter deck made until yep. basically the round were round eight where we were like it doesn't matter because we know we're going to advance to after uh staging we're going to advance to five no matter what so yep. whatever th- what happens at three doesn't matter um because we're not everybody's played the quest of four so we know like once we get to five um it's all just about killing the orcs we're not going to see anything else new so um yeah pretty funny that we basically lasted eight rounds and then the encounter deck did not advance past stage one, basically, yep. which is like <laughs> impossible to think about because that's such a big part of that quest is like, um, there was this funny round where the encounter deck made 23 progress, but the active location had needed 26. Yep. <laughs> uh, and it ended up being one short, and it was a total of 25. So normally, and as Bob points out in the in the, the vlog feed, he's like, normally this is just blowing through all the active location, blowing through an entire quest stage, and you're screwed. But for us, it was nothing. It was like, oh, we got really close, but that's fine. So very funny 
Um, so I think that was a location uh, that got the siege ladders. Um, yes. Yep. The double siege. I revealed double siege ladders, which is this card that it, it's an attachment for a location. So it counts for burglars turn already, which is hilarious. And then it also adds. Does it add a? Yeah, more it adds progress to it? to it. Yep. Yeah. So it adds more. So it's like the siege ladders were actually like helping us hilariously. It was making it so much harder for the encounter decks. So it was like they were actually being. The orcs are very stupid orcs and making the game easier for us. So that was really fun and funny to see. Right. Like I said, I was playing with Furiel. I got her on the table once. And I think one of those rounds, I used her to oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and saw Siege Ladders on top. And even with the Surge, like normally you discard a treachery with Surge instantly with Furiel, right? Like it's it's the, mm-hmm. it's the easiest decision you've ever had. And I, I was, I got to be quite pleased with myself to to put it back on top of the deck and like nope i'm keeping this one and then got you know the cheer of the table when it was siege ladders and everybody else got to see it, it was pretty funny so it's like yes that's you know four more progress Actually, that a that positive card needs. for us yeah exactly yeah. yeah that was pretty funny um the my, other my, thing oh, sorry oh did you want to talk about something here uh yeah i was gonna say my my secret tech for the the deck that actually ended up working perfectly because i drew two of them right off the bat were a forest road traveler, which, you know, I have a Haldan deck. So Woodman forest road traveler gets plus one to their willpower attack and defense for each attachment on the active location. Um, and it's good in a normal Woodman deck anyway, cause it's like, you know, a two for two quester and lore usually, mm-hmm. but I had a, a six willpower, six attack, six defense, two hit points, two of them <laughs> on the board, basically from like the, the third round of the game um and they have never been that good i think even dan uh from you know bayorn came over and saw him and was just guffawed at a forest road traveler basically being the beefiest ally in the history of the world thanks to the burglar's turn plus the siege ladders or the scaling ladders on the the quest so i basically didn't use them all game long but it was fun to have them there as you know just like a (laughs) check out what I got on the table sort of card. Yeah, because uh, you didn't have to do a lot of combat was a thing. A lot of um, the other decks really had it unlocked, so it was kind of like um, you did do a little bit of combat, but it wasn't super necessary, right? I think is how I would describe it. Uh, I would um, say even further than that, I did zero combat. Um, I intentionally did nothing until the very last round of the game where we had enough enemies and my threat was high enough that an enemy had to come to me naturally through That's engagement right. checks. So I engaged exactly one enemy over the course of the entire game. Right, right, right. that's right. Because, um, yes, you're, you're correct, because we, we were trying to do it at a certain point, because it kind of was just happening that it way. It was happened. something like, oh, yep. you're not engaging anything, yeah. Because um, I, like, I didn't think that was right because of this thing I'm going to mention, but I, I remember now exactly how it worked. So there's an enemy. I was like, I could have swore he took an attack, but it's because there's this enemy. Yes. He's the dude with the beard who's got like holding a shield. I don't know what his name is, but when he comes into play, he attacks the first player from the staging area. Yes, exactly. And you had to take this. And here we go. Time time for some meme talk about some things that happened in our game here. Uh, so you had to take this. And um, I guess why don't you just drive the bus over yourself here? I don't, right. I, don't I shouldn't do it. You I'll let you do it yourself. <laughs> yeah, so I absolutely included a couple uh, tardy takes slash just second feed in general memes uh, into the deck. So Loyal Hound is just a good card in general in a lore deck because you get the attack out of it. 
Uh, but I included it just because I absolutely wanted to use one. Uh, so yeah, this warrior of Dunland has five attack, and I had no way to... I mean, I could have survived an attack from it probably pretty easily, but I intentionally took an attack from it undefended just so that I would have to discard my loyal hound. Um, or, you know, maybe it wasn't undefended. Maybe I defended No, with... no. You defended with... Uh, Rosiel. Uh, Raziel to take yeah. one damage and discard the damn hound. And you think, <laughs> that just cancels two damage. That's right. I, I, that I wasn't video. going to like... die. I was just going to get slightly <laughs> wounded. Uh, and I yeah, like, I discarded it for just mean... one. That's right. Oh, God. Yeah, you didn't even um, use it for its full effect. <laughs> the worst part was Dan uh, walked by, you know, a lot of people pass out their alt art cards, and he passed me his alt art loyal hound, you know, minutes before this happened with, you know, like his dog on the picture of the card. I thankfully didn't use that one. I used the the standard loyal hound, but yes, well, I you can't actually. I don't know if you've looked at that card very carefully. You can't actually use it to do that. That's because true. It says, uh, you it has like a a non effect basically it says you can't do it. Um, you cannot discard it, which I think is funny. yeah. God. Um, Ugh. loyal hound. Yep, just I brought one to Helm's Deep just so I could throw it off the wall. Basically, was the the whole point there, and I'm glad I I drew into it. Thankfully, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one. Uh, before we get to the last one that I thought was funny, uh, I have to talk about this. You on like one of the early turns of the game play Glaywine. Yep. <laughs> this is part of this 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 thing I want to talk about. And you're just drawing cards like the whole game. And, and also and in the an early my first turn of the game, I like I said, I played uh Jimmer Hill for free. So that's it frees up four resources for me. Yep. So I uh I you're play Zigil Minor. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stand and fight one of Arwen's Elijah Stargazers. So the whole game basically turned one I've played I'm freaking discarding cards every single turn with uh um, digital miner. I have multiple turns where I have over ten resources in a row. I have multiple turns, I, I, and at one point I didn't realize this. I look over because you had done it, and I'm like, "Wait, do you have Glaoline?" And you're like, "Yes." I'm like, "You're you keep drawing cards. I have fourteen resources right now, and er, I put every single card in my hand costs one. I only have Elven Light, Will of the West, and uh, I think." Test of Will and uh, Thor's Key because I take that to hand because we got two of them at our uh, Burgle. And I'm like, these are the only cards in my hand. These one-cost cards, and I have double-digit resources, and you're drawing cards. <laughs> right. Well, it's important to note, like, obviously I'm running a mono lore deck with Haldan, so we've got four attachments, sometimes five, on the active location. So whenever one does get explored, I'm drawing four or five cards. I had three copies of Mythrandir's Advice in my deck, so that's drawing me three cards. So, I mean, when you guys noticed this, uh, Bob was absolutely, Salted Pork was absolutely guffawed as well. Like, he he could not <laughs> believe me that I had used Glaywine on myself again. I've got a hand of, like, 20 cards at this point. Yeah, your hand is huge. <laughs> Just gigantic. So, yeah, I I was shamed into eventually using Glaywine, but I was digging for a important combo piece for later on in the game. Like, it, I wasn't just flippantly drawing cards because i wanted cards i i wanted ex one specific card that i couldn't find uh right which is what i told the table yeah. and that that mollified everybody pretty well i think like i don't think i don't think it would have if they would have known what the combo piece i was digging for was. Yeah, i knew so what I it was I you knew it what out. it was but yeah i just like i'm digging for a combo piece and I'm like okay sure <laughs> yeah because uh, you say that and i'm like 
and people are kind of okay. And I, I, I pause for a second. Okay, and I, oh, like, oh my god, I know I, you're looking for the card. I think you're looking for right. And you're like, yes. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. Because <laughs> I, because th- I, let's talk about the card here. You were looking for uh, a justice for all, or uh, was it actually called that justice shall be done or whatever? Justice shall be done. Um, yep. Which I don't have. We talked about. Well, yeah, we talked about it on on Road to Rings. Um, we I think we talked about it briefly on Road to Rings. I think I said I was bringing it when we talked about it uh, in depth was when we did it on Tardy Takes, and I said that I oh, was going to be bringing yet. it, and it's yeah. not released yet. But yeah, I said. My my main thing I wanted to do for the weekend was to use Message from Elrond, which allows you to give a card to another player, to passively, aggressively give somebody else justice shall be done so that they would have to be, you know, that they could play it and remove themselves from the game. And so it's a limit one per deck. So I was digging like crazy for it. Um, and really funny, because we had Poison Council, right? I had right. all three copies of my Message from Elrond in my hand, but no justice shall be done yet. And we hit a point where I got to draw 11 cards off the active locations based on uh, Haldan's ability. And it was like, yes. I just know I'm going to find Justice Shall Be Done and I'm going to find Poison Council. So that's <laughs> going to make me discard my hand. So we kind of just like did the big thing for the table where I just flipped cards up one by one and luckily hit Justice and did not hit Poison Councils, thankfully. <laughs> and was yeah, wasn't Poison you. Councils like... Um... It was the very was, next card. Next card, I think, right? Yeah. Yep, it was the very next card down in my deck at the end of the game when we looked at it. Uh, yeah, so that was that was kind of disappointing that you didn't get it. That would have been funny. Because, um, of course, you pass it to me, too, right? Well, of <laughs> course. I, didn't, I, I already knocked Autumn out of one game with the Arkenstone. And I already felt a little bad for both Salted Pork and Autumn that I had taken the game to probably slightly too much of a meme level at that point. Like, I... <laughs> You know, it, it was the last game I think all of us played at the con, right? Yes. Uh, so it was like, yeah. this is my last chance to do all of these things that I said I was going to do. So I, I kind of eschewed playing with the rest of the team and tried for my, my dumb meme plays pretty hard in the second half of Helm's Deep and felt a little bad for uh, living up to my reputation as being a bad team player. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was funny. Um, but I think... The thing that you pointed out, though, was it didn't quite work correctly for you because you wanted to. T- you, I could have played it. I could have played it because it was. Yeah. Uh, I needed to do it around it earlier. Me on turn nine, basically, which is like, um, or eight or whichever one. I forget exactly how you want to say it, but it's the last turn of the game because we uh, we knew we were going getting the. We knew we could beat broken. everybody in combat. Yep. Yeah, so I actually could have played it, drawn the cards, and gotten the resources, and I would have like survived the round, but. Um, because, yeah, you needed to pass it to me one turn earlier as the joke. Yep. I found it one turn too late. To not be useful. Yeah. But I didn't play anyway because I was, I was, uh, I did it out of spite. I told you some gifts are unwanted <laughs> at yes. the end of the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was funny because, yeah, once I kind of knew what you were doing, I was like, okay, I, I know what's going on here. Even though I could use more cards because I was like, man, if I could get a hasty stroke or test of wills here, that would, well, I think I had all three tests of wills. I was like, I get more cards here. That would be helpful. But once you were looking for that card, I was like, all right, I'm going to just let you do it. Because <laughs> I know the other two didn't know didn't know that's what your plan was. Yep. But I wanted you to do it at that point. So I was like, all right, I guess I got to let him try to get it here. So that was fun. Um, was there anything else to go over? No, I don't think so. Other than like, there have been 
games where players have teched against a scenario and sat down and beat it. I'm not sure anybody has ever like embarrassed an encounter deck that badly as we did to Helm's Deep until literally like five minutes later, Chris, C Stan, and his group sit down and they beat um a s attack on Osgiliath or assault on Osgiliath in the first combat phase in like two minutes and twenty seven seconds or something stupid. So like <laughs> we I had this moment of like we like teched the hell out of the scenario. It never stood a chance. And then somebody, you know, next door to us maybe did it even better for a different quest, which <laughs> was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing some sort of like speed game though, where they were all, they would like, you would try to play your planning as quickly as Bob was explained. You play, play, you were not playing simultaneously or, or you were playing whatever. I don't know how to describe, it, but you would take your turn and just like reveal a card when you were ready. So like, they weren't doing they weren't like everybody plans everybody stages oh, like you, that's why right. it was so fast well that was how the original group did it these four um it was like oh, Stephen okay. redman and uh nate um bobby mcbobface they sat down and they built decks specifically that could just beat it you know using like leg oh, loss to put okay. progress on and i think denethor to oh, start like with enough resources to pay out stuff so like they just yeah. like straight up beat it in one round Ah, I see. Yeah. Um, Not as fun as four turd burglars, though, right? No, because that was like, you know, they didn't get to enjoy it, right? You know, it's like right. um, when you have a nice meal, it's like you don't want to eat it in two minutes. You want to eat it over half an hour because it's like, I got to enjoy it. I paid $80 for this meal. I got to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Um, and then. So, yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. Oh, as I say, the one thing that I think we hadn't mentioned about the con yet is that there's a big, huge achievement board on the wall, right? Where it's got oh, all yeah, the names yeah, of the quests that. written down and all these sorts of things. And you go up and sign it after you've beaten the quest. You can sign your name next to the achievements you've beaten and those sorts of things. And we had Autumn go up and write Helm's Deep with our achievement to use Burglar's Turn decks and all these sorts of things up there so we could sign the big, huge achievement board at the end of the con with our well-planned out and well well thought out and well played victory which was pretty fun yeah I, a lot of people kept asking us about it all weekend too because i had mentioned it multiple times in places that we were going to do it because a lot of people wanted to see it because um i mean we don't know if somebody else has done it nobody else has talked about it publicly online right um so if they have they've been quiet about it but um yeah, it was like very gratuitous, I would say, to do it, but it was very, it was a lot of fun. We said we would do Nightmare next year yep. uh, if we can all be there. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. It, it was uh, my number one goal was to play that game. Obviously, I'm the champion of the of the contract, and just the concept of us doing it, I thought was hilarious. It was, like I said, it was very fun. Um, worth it, t it took a long time, right? Because as we said, it, you have to play the eight rounds of it. Yeah. So it took a and while, but it, it was worth players it. long, but yeah, it was worth yeah. it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was some of the most fun I've ever had playing the game. Um, I would go so, so far as to say it was my highlight game of the con. Like if I could have only played one game, like what game did I have the most fun with? That would have been the one that I would have probably said that was my, my highlight. Yeah, probably me too. Um, last one we went out on, but it was so ridiculous, um, to do, and it was, yeah, everybody had the right amount of just goofy fun again, you know, it's right. like just a good group of, of folks to play games with. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, 
you know, sometimes when you plan things and you want to get them done, it's difficult. So, um, but we were very adamant that we get it done. And everybody was like, because uh, Bob and I drove, it was like, well, we can leave after the game and just drive. You had a yep. late flight. Autumn wasn't leaving till Monday. So it was like, yep. Sunday, we've got plenty of time to do it. It's um, we're not on a schedule for like having to get rush out because Friday we were uh, individually, we were pretty busy. Um, and then Saturday, because Nine Abroad took so long, we didn't have time to do it. Because um, I think we yep. wanted to try to do it afterwards, but um, it was like, okay, we did Nine Abroad, and we know this game is going to take probably two hours because of, as we said, it, it it's got an auto timer on it that they have to do. So it's like, all right, that's putting us too close to dinner. <laughs> I want to eat, right? So yeah, um, yeah, definitely worth the effort to do and worth all the setup and stuff. It was lots and lots of fun. So um, with that, we are going to end our talk of our four games we played together, or four quests. Technically, we played more than four games. It was six or whatever, but um, let's go on to the wrap-up review retrospective of some of the things we said about the con beforehand and see how do they work out. So uh, first thing I'm going to talk about is sideboard because I talk a lot of people bring sideboards and like how much of your collection you bring or whatever. What a waste of time for me. I played what a waste four. Of time. <laughs> I put together a huge. I brought like probably fifty cards total for side. I'm not going to count what Splice brought me for um or what John brought me um for alt art stuff. Not going to count that at all. Um, I probably brought like forty to fifty cards. Um, I usually brought three copies of them because I was like, I'll just bring three, whatever. Yep. If I'm bringing them anyway, I'll bring three. Who cares? So I brought a whole bunch of stuff. I brought condition removal. I brought non-unique allies. I brought um, extra heroes. I brought all sorts of stuff. Side quests. I played... One time I played... Um, uh, what was the quest that we um, played with? I played with Peace and Thought. I can't remember. Um, but I played... Boromir instead of Eowyn, and then um, so Boromir hero, and then I played two copies of Kina's Lances in, we did with John and Chad, we did that uh, new, that newest Alep one, Forge of Ice, not Forge of Eisen, that's the name of the of a real quest. <laughs> uh, Blood of the Eisen. Blood on the Eisen, yeah. Um, that was close, so that makes sense why I got it wrong. Um, totally didn't work. Because I milled them both. <laughs> and I removed <laughs> hidden cash for them. And I was like, oh my god. I removed a card that would give me two resources for a card that did jack shit for me. Oh, I was like, oh, That's I, was awesome. not, I was not happy about that. Um, and then the, the, the one that worked was I put in keep watch and gather info. And as we said previously, gather info worked wonders for us <laughs> in Borgo Vale. So um, I suggested a lot of cards to bring for sideboard. And two of them worked for me. I guess, I'll say keep watch worked. So I'll say three yeah. because I did go in the deck and I could have, you know, it would have been useful, but I didn't get to play it. But uh, I'll say Boromir was good. And then so was, I think I played Amon Din because somebody else was playing Aowen. So I swapped out. Um, so Boromir was good and Gather Info. Keep watch. Nothing else was any good. <laughs> I'll do you one better. The only card that I sideboarded 
I actually pulled from another deck, and that was my gather info. So I didn't even pull it out of my big, huge sideboard of cards. I pulled it out of my Bond of Friendship deck, which I did not play once at the con (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, for that quest. And then at one point, I gave Chris two copies of my uh, Great Hunt, so he could use it in a mono lore deck because he didn't bring it. And at one point, I gave Autumn two copies of Galadrim's Greeting out of my sideboard. Only That's because right. my sideboard was already sitting on the table, and that way she didn't have to dig for hers. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't use it for myself once. I lent I lent cards from it twice out. So I mean, it was pointless for me to bring. Also, which is kind of funny that we both had the same experience. Yeah, I essentially bullied you into putting into in gather info too. I was try- I was really working hard at the table. I was trying to get people to put it. I was like, we're playing Oracle Veil, people. Bring out side quests. I was trying really hard, and you were the—I think you were the only one who did. I can't. I think I Autumn might have put in double back, but um, yeah. But I was like, well, if you put in gather info, that's good enough. Then we just do two gather. We can maybe chain them, but yeah. So Great. that uh, we suggested a lot of sideboard ideas and cards, and then yeah, it looks like we didn't play any of them. I didn't think this was other than maybe some of the unique stuff. Um, it, it, this wasn't really the type of cycle that needed them as much as i thought when we did last year aired mithrin and uh angmar i was putting in those power of ore things a bunch so and i think the achievements this year were much more um they were smaller sorts of changes to the quest yeah where i think in previous years you had to do some crazy things to beat the achievements this year they were you know you can only cancel the treacheries once you lose the hinder keyword you you know, like things like that, where you really didn't need tech to do it. You just needed to maybe get slightly lucky with the encounter deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they weren't as crazy. I, I told the story previously about Mark and Aaron playing one and then nobody brought a card that could do it because exactly. nobody had anything for the stage. And it's like that was that was a kind of irrelevant this time. So and because you weren't trying to go for achievements as much, I, I, I think um, alleviated some of the need for some of the sideboard. Um, the other thing, I was a little surprised. Uh, we'll talk about Masters Malice now. Yeah. As I tease it a little bit, the amount of people who either didn't bring Monosphere decks or didn't want to, and were just <laughs> like, I guess we're just going to house rule this. When I was like, I'm ready for Masters Malice. Here's, I had two Monosphere decks. I was totally ready for it. And I was surprised at the amount of people that, um, I guess they just didn't want to play the Monosphere decks. I guess they, maybe they find them boring or whatever. They want to try these other decks. Um, because, um, I didn't see a lot of them against those quests, to be honest. Um, as many as I would have thought. Agreed. Um, and yeah, I think it was mostly the second bit. Like, I think people just didn't want to, so they just didn't build the decks and were like, I'm just not going to play these quests at all. And then it was Chad that told us about how he was doing the house rule. I don't know if he made it up himself or if he had played with another group that had done it, but it was like, we've been doing that just so that we can like play the quests. Cause that Friday, that first day of the con, like that was basically what all of the quests were. <laughs> right. I mean, it was, yeah. it was the first half of that yeah. uh, cycle. So there was just a lot of those. So I think it was just like, well, either we can not play the quests at all, or we can house rule it so we can actually play it. Um, which is funny. Uh, I, we ended up house ruling it. Like you said, I p- specifically brought, my bard the bowman gray wanderer deck the tech against all those mono uh hate things and i played two games with it and i lost 
in staging on round one in both of the games that I played with the deck. Uh, so I, you wow. know, not necessarily my fault, mostly just the encounter deck comboing in such a way that we were toast. But it's just funny that my my deck that I actually sat down and tried to tech for a cycle never actually survived to the end of round one at the entire con. And then at that point, I think I only played one more quest that had Master's Malice, which was that Morgul Veil game where we house ruled it. So I just didn't really care at that point. So it Bard went back into the binder and literally never attacked once because he was always dead before he could. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, for me, because I, I play a lot of monospheres, like, okay, I don't care. I just brought them anyway, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah. I, and one thing I'll say, too, is having the tactics one was huge because there were definitely... Uh, I played some quest. I might, oh, you know what I played with Peace and Thought uh, that I was trying to remember? It was um, Siege of Carandros. That was oh, the sure. one. Because uh, that orc comes into play and then you, nobody else can spend resources if you're not playing Mono Tactics. <laughs> and yep. I was like, well, I don't care, but um, I engage and killed it, I think, in one round or something. like. Or we engage and killed it in one round. So <laughs> That was um, one of them I lost. In the first round, I think we lost one of the battleground locations, quested unsuccessfully, and had like four enemies coming down, and it was just like, well, okay, <laughs> and we're dead right away. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I I think we had to. I don't think we won that quest. Um, I don't remember. I'd have to double check the notes, but I I believe we lost that because we we won a Amon Din. Um, mm-hmm. so because I'm pretty sure we're like, okay, we're done with this one, let's play an easier quest. And I'm pretty sure what happened. Um, as far as uniqueness stuff goes, we talked about, I didn't have a lot of it, uh, mostly it was with um, salted pork with yeah. the, the Immerhill. And the, it was that actually it was the Helm's Deep game, and we we had agreed that we didn't care because the point was to have fun and joke, not to play for reals. <laughs> so, you know, I had like I said, I had Jimmerhill and I had like Shell Helm and. Exactly. Other ones. One of those things. Like, like, who cares when? When the heroes or allies don't actually like combo with one another, it's hardly even a house rule at like a four-player pickup game sort of Mm -hmm. thing. I think. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And for for me, I had zero uniqueness issues. I I think I talked about quite a bit on the episodes before that. Like, I built my decks specifically that like. Unless somebody else was also running Rohan or also running a Grimbayorn deck, like there was no way that I was ever going to have interlaps. Uh, I didn't have Steward in any deck. I didn't have Ally Arwen in any deck. So like, I I was never going to run into an issue and and didn't. Yeah, I think uh, one game I played with Bayorn, he had Arwen and I had Barwin. We were like, whatever, who cares? <laughs> um, again, we were just wanted to get cards on the table so um at the cons i really don't care in a home game i think Sheldon, if we were gonna you know meet up and play i would care about it more because he'd be like look we have we could take the time to figure this out right exactly uh, but for for a con i don't care so much it doesn't really matter to me um oh here we had one play play two player games did you play any two player games at all Oh boy. Uh no. I did not. Nope, I did not. I sat down to play a two player game with uh Terrence from the uh what's what uh one stop co op shop uh folks and we flagged McDog down last second to come join us, so it turned into a three player game. So I 
Never did it. Oh, I lied. John, Electron John, and I played a two-player game at breakfast Friday before the con started. That's right. I saw you guys playing at breakfast. <laughs> I'm sure you were surprised to see me at breakfast. You were. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so you guys playing at breakfast. That's right. Um, yeah, I guess you could say I played a game with uh, the Bomber and Mono Grey ah. Wanderer Dory. I guess you could right. say I was like playing like, a two-player game because I was basically having to carry... <laughs> Everybody else was like, they're playing one deck, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I that was a suggestion, especially for this cycle, was to play two-player ones. And I only got into got in on three- and four-player games, mostly because um, I wasn't actively looking for games. Mostly people just came up to me and were like, hey, do you want to play? Or I just walked by somebody and was like, oh, are you, are you laying cards down? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'm going to join you guys. <laughs> I right. think that's and what I did four- when I joined Four-player Lord of the Rings is crazy. It's long. It's complicated, but it's just so fun. Like, and I think with the groups of folks that you and I tended to play with at the con, like half the fun is just sitting and talking with the four people at your table while you're playing the game. So it's more fun to do that with a group than it is just to burn through a quick two-player game. I think I'd much rather right play the longer game. Plus, anyway. mm-hmm. plus again, as I mentioned with the achievement change. Um, I would have played more two-player games to try to get achievements, I think. I would have been sure. like, hey, I know I can do these ones in two-player. Let's find somebody who also wants to do them, and we can bust them out. Um, but because I didn't have to care, I was like, uh, I, I didn't play that many quests this this time. We'll talk about the main show, but I didn't get that many total games in. But it was like not that big a deal because I just it didn't really matter. And yep. um, I felt more free to do some other stuff, like the Helm's Deep game, you know? Um, you know, I went on, I went to Art of Forge for a tour, so I was gone for like a, a while too. I just felt more free to just go out and do some stuff and not have to stick around and play games. So that was nice. Um, let's talk about, let's go down to some encounter cards that needed solutions. Let's see if we, how we dealt with them. Um, okay. Master's Malice, we talked about, uh, Orc Vanguard. I had the mono tactics deck, so it didn't matter. It sounds like you just died. That's how you dealt with it. <laughs> um, I just didn't play quests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We died before we saw it. Yeah, like local trouble didn't play that. Play any quests with that. I never played Druidan. Me either. Um, didn't play Blood of Gondor, so no hidden cards. Nope. <laughs> me either. Um, the that was the secret tech for the con is just don't play those quests. Don't play because all of them kind of are just garbage at four player anyway. Like don't yeah. play Druidan Forest or Blood of Gondor at four player. Don't just don't do it. We both were correctly. Right. I did see uh, when we were doing the burglars turn game, someone came over there doing a four player blood of Gondor and had an amazing moment, which I think I might save for the big cast. It's all, also, yes. I think I have it on the vlog. Do I have video of it? So, um, yeah, that was great. Uh, let's see. Um, additional attack. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, shadow train guys. Uh, boy, uh, had, uh, that didn't happen too much to me. um, Personally, we lost, we lost a Baragon in Amon Din uh, to nine shadow cards once uh, he died. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say, personally, games. my my attacks didn't happen, but I played, um, again, will appear on camera, um, with Matt, uh, so uh, Thanatopsis use check, I believe, was in the game, and uh, Peace and Thought John. And they got crushed by like a plus nine. Yep. Uh, 
shadow trade where they had like nine cards or whatever and it was crazy because like um peace and thought lost two heroes because he kept getting he got um deal shadow cards equal to the amount of players in the game so four <laughs> and then it would deal more it was just shadow train over and over and over again um so yeah. i don't think he had it on the enemy that gets the plus attack strength for shadow cards in Amundin or siege or whatever the hell we were doing but uh he definitely got rocked by that and so did matt and then um it was funny because we're playing four player the player across from me and, and me we had no problems defending but the players to my right got the, annihilated um, that's hilarious so yeah it was pretty funny and uh i didn't play so there's some of these ones on here for ringmaker cycle i didn't really play many much ringmaker cycle so i didn't have to deal with many of the things i had the decks to de- deal with it like specifically the a card draw one that's perfect for Keldara because you're looking to dump all your cards from your hand anyway yep. with Arwen. So like that was the deck I was going to play, and I just didn't play any of those quests. Um, so I had the deck all ready to go. It didn't matter. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to play. So yeah, that would have been Fords of Eisen, Dunlady Trap, or Antlered Crown that have all that hate, and I did not play any of those three quests either. <laughs> so man, yeah, I wanted to play two of those. I wanted to play three trial or. Uh, well, no, not three trials. Uh, I didn't want to play that, and I didn't get to play it. Um, Fords of Eisen I like, and then Antlered Crown I wanted to play as well. I didn't get any of those in. Um, yeah, they're good. We just, yeah, like you said, uh, the Helm's Deep game, having to get that in, and then definitely having to do Nine Abroad really took up a lot, a chunk of time both those days that those cycles were being played. Yes. Um, anything else for this tech? Uh, Battle and Siege questing... I played the Eagles, um, so no problem there for me. I don't. Did you? I don't know what you did. I lost Siege of Carandros and into Athelion on turn one, and those were the only times that I played a quest that needed battle or siege questing. So also, okay. I had the Eagles in Fair case enough. we needed to, but didn't do it. Yeah. Um, not sure. There's too much else to talk about. Uh, threat reduction uh, only quest. That really mattered for me was um, Nine Abroad, obviously, yep. <laughs> as we've mentioned, and then Tharbad. But that one does it itself in the quest, so it's like not that big a deal, right? Yeah, Tharbad um, was fun. It's actually like anti threat reduction quest. So, um, Quickly, should we? Uh, there's anything else on this uh, this long list of things that we talked about, Sean, that you want to quick go over? I think. I don't think so. You know, I packed, you know, for the four player specific cards, I got to see Man the Walls uh, in my decks and other decks were great. And same with like okay. Venus Lances and Campfire Tales. So it was fun to get to stack some of those in and get to use them as we had talked about. Uh, Man the Walls being kind of like a double um, Tardy Takes and. Uh, or sorry, staple-centered and Road to Rings card that we talked about being a fun one at the con. I actually saw multiple people use it and got to take advantage of it, which was neat. Great, great con card. Yep, good card. I played it uh, in the Dory Bomber deck, and Aaron plays no allies. So I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was like, "Enjoy this card to reduce your non-existent allies, Aaron." <laughs> yep. Um, but Daniel got to use it. Foam loaf. Um, and then I used it, so it wasn't it wasn't a total waste. Um, but 
Yeah, I think other than that, yeah, like I said, Kingdom's Lances didn't work for me because I milled it and then I never played it again. I don't know if there were any other games I played that I could have even really put it in. I think maybe one other one and I just didn't have it. So I was like, forget it. <laughs> after after I built it the first time, I was like, this is not worth my time to put this in. I'd rather just play the deck as is, you know? Yeah, it slays me that we spent all this time talking about like these very specific tech cards and then neither of us played any of the quests that we needed them for. Like, I know that like, was the problem. Yeah. Next time. We were all ready. <laughs> we, had, we had good we had good plans and they just didn't get to get used. I'm still a little sad that Bard died every time. I, I felt like that deck had something and it just uh, never got to use it. Yeah, that was disappointing that you didn't really get to use that one and it got to ramp up. I was curious how that would do. Uh, when you said you were playing that, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder how it's going to do. But it sounds like your games went pear-shaped so quickly it, you never really got a, a, a good look at it. So a little disappointing, I think, as far as that one goes. Um, yeah, I'll play it with on dragon someday with somebody well I'll, I'll save it it needs to it needs to be run to completion at least once yeah I, like i said curious to see how it would do um as far as should we just end our last thing with the decks that we brought um if we got yeah. to play them um so for me do you want me to start or should i or should you go first here uh you can go ahead and go first mine's pretty quick too okay so the decks I brought, uh, the Splice deck, the Swagans, I only played that one time for the Nine Abroad. We talked about that a bunch. I brought a Dale deck, never even got close to hitting the table. Um, I mentioned I played the Mono Tactics one a bunch. Basically, any Heirs of Numenor quest I played it that we did. Because mm-hmm. um, that's the deck to play it against, right? Uh, and then I played the Keldara deck a decent amount too. It's, it's basically, it was... Um, Almost 50-50, either Tactics or Keldara, and then the uh, Swagen specialty deck. And then I brought another specialty deck that I didn't talk about on the uh, podcast the last time, and I realized I needed to do it. And then um, I posted it. I called it Rogue to Rings on RingsDB. Because <laughs> right. it was a rogue deck that I, cause I, I whiffed. I was like, I, when we made this, I was like, I feel like I should be building this deck, but I, I can't remember why. And so I didn't build it. And then afterwards, I remembered. I was like, oh, damn, I remember why now. Because I wanted to play the game, which I'll talk about more on the main show if we do it, with Daniel and Aaron, with yep. them, the Bomber, Grey Wanderer, Lori Grey Wanderer. And I was like, if I play a game with these guys, these decks are, we joke about them. They're not, the, they're not that good. But we, we, we like the joke that they're amazing. I need to bring the deck to carry them. It was Dane. I need to bring Dane Dwarf deck. And so I, I built the Burglar's Turn, uh, Leadership Dane, uh, Nori, and Ori deck. And I uh, played that with them. And oh, what a surprise. Playing Leadership Dane was the difference. The reason why those two decks couldn't do anything. <laughs> and then I brought it. They, we won. Ah, I thought so. Um, yeah, that was basically it for me. Nice. And yeah, for me, I, I've talked about the Bard deck. Tried to play it twice, died both times. I did not. <laughs> I did not play my Bond of Friendship mediocre stack stuff deck even once. Um, just it. It's not that fun of a deck to play, and I think because I packed so many decks that didn't have unique conflicts anyway, it wasn't hard for me to choose one of my decks to use. Um, I played the Burglar's Turn deck once against Amon Din as kind of like a trial run, just to see if it would work, and it was fine. 
and then did quite well in that game. So then all of my other games at the con, I played a couple games with my Thangal Alip Rohan deck. Uh, and then the vast majority were with the Eagles deck, and then the Last Alliance, Grim Bayorn, Quick Beam, Osbera, Bjornings, and Ents deck. Uh, and the, the Bjorning deck basically worked perfectly every single time. Uh, at its best, when I had Sarum on there, feeding me cards and resources, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, when he was yeah assisting your deck to do everything it needed to do, yeah. <laughs> yep, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the Eagles deck... Um, I, I had some pretty funny moments with it. Like I said, it, it was I had a hard time getting off the ground with it. We played Danger in Dorwinian, and I gave it to Joe, uh, the purple wizard, to use. And it has almost no card draw in it other than the Eagles are coming. It's got mm-hmm. like some minor stuff. And so he hit Eagles are coming and hit five cards with it to draw. So he had a huge hand of cards turn one. And there was a treachery that made oh, him discard all of the allies all in allies. his hand. <laughs> and yeah. the deck sucked from then on out because he just top decked the rest of the game uh but i got to have a lot of fun plays with it throughout the weekend i talk about passing that eagle of the misty mountains around tables i did it in a couple other games too where it came in clutch i think i used it in a game where i passed it to mcdog multiple rounds in a row in trouble and far bad um to use and it was just that was that was my deck highlight of the con was getting to to play the the passing around the table eagles it will pretty much be a four-player staple for me from here on out i think yeah our eagles decks as we both kind of talked seemed like we played them a lot and they played pretty well mostly yep. because of the cycles that we had to do because the first day because as you said third day was uh all remaker stuff we spent the whole day basically playing Thelm's deep so we didn't play like any of those quests and then and i saw nobody else with eagles all weekend like some people like probably had them in sideboards for battle and siege questing but i didn't see another person that ran an eagles deck i'm sure they existed but yeah but yeah they were like the only other person i saw really playing hardcore eagles too and i was like oh, what are we get are we out here like championing jalen hurts mvp the only people like what's <laughs> going on here i was like I, I thought for sure we'd see a lot more of the at least the non-unique eagles, and I didn't see much to any of them. Um, people were playing a lot of like the lore trap stuff as usual. I see at the cons because those are better for the cons. And right. um, yeah, I, I think the thing was when people saw one person hitting the board with tactics, I think they were like, "Oh, then we're fine." When a lot of times it was like, "If we both play tactics, we'll we're be really rolling, fine. right?" Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing that you actually got to do for some of those ones, where it's like, look, if we both have three times Defender of Ramos and three times Wing Guardian, we're going to be able to Siege Quest successfully instead of one person trying to do it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that was a thing where once people saw them hit the table, they were like, we're fine. When um, I guess if you're really playing to win, it would have been like, hey, two of us should probably, if we're playing a four-player game, two of us should be playing this because... As we mentioned, when we played it together, they were really good together, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I, the best two, deck to play across the table from an eagle deck is another eagle deck. Yeah. For sure. They were so good together. And my deck wasn't even, like, it was just tactics, and it just had a tons of eagles, and it was really good with your eagle deck. That was really specifically eagles, and it was like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did not boost Santa, though, so are we truly eagles fans? I don't know. Um, Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, so yeah, that was kind of it for decks. 
kind of it for the games we played. Some of the stuff we talked about that worked that didn't work. Um, I th- is there anything else you want to talk about? I think I've kind of exhausted all the things I wanted to talk about here that I thought would be. No, yeah, most of the other stuff I did at the con was like stuff we'll talk about on the big show if we're on there. You know, very not necessarily Lord of the Rings, the card game related. Just like other fun shenanigans happening over the weekend really was the only other stuff that I did. I would say most of the best games that I had were talked about here today uh, uh, for us on this show. I had some other fun ones, but these were probably most of the highlights for me. Yeah, same, because two of my highlights would have been Helm's Deep, Nine Abroad, and then the the Dory Bomber game. So I talked about two of them here as well. So, um, General thoughts before we head out. I had a good time. It was fun. Um, maybe not my favorite set of quests to play. I was. I will admit that I was disappointed to not get to play more Ringmaker stuff. Um, I probably should have just been like, on the first day, you know what I probably should have done? I should have been like, I don't care about these stupid against the shadow cycle quests. Let's play Ringmaker. <laughs> that's, in hindsight, that's what I should have said to somebody. I should have said, hey, instead of playing into Athelion, let's play three, three trials. You know? Because I know you have it. Well, I had it because I brought. Uh, I think we discussed this. Was I going to bring cards? I did bring my encountered sets. Right. Um, and Chris and John used them more than I did, which was funny. Um, I don't think I used mine at all. They used them all. Uh, but you know, I had it, and I was like, "Yeah, we could have just played that instead." And I wish. I think I wish I had done that and just played some more of the Ringmaker stuff that I wanted to play because there were a couple of. Um, against the shadow stuff that I wanted to play, but most of it I didn't. And so I should have just done that. So, yeah, I think I did a good job avoiding the quest that I knew, like just to avoid and, you know, had some dumb losses against some dumb four player things that can happen in a couple of those quests, but overall had a really fun time, even with uh, two cycles that I would say were near the bottom of my favorite cycles. It was still, still a blast, still had a lot of fun playing the game and getting to see everybody again. Yes. I would say um, my final thought here before I wrap up and I think I close this show out is something that we have touched on a lot on this is we kind of made our own fun at the con, right? Absolutely. We did, um, you know, when we got uh, our crew back together, our ALEP crew back together, we got the Burgle Turn crew together. Um, we were there mostly to have fun playing the games and we kind of... Um, for us, it was we like I said, we made our own fun. The quest may not have always been our favorites, or we may have been it may have been dragging, we may have been confused. Um, but we focused more on hey, we want to do fun stuff, um, joke around, we don't care so much about certain rules or whatever, or you know, like uniqueness and or whatever. And um, I would recommend that for people if they have not gone to a con, uh, or specifically Con of the Rings, is uh, that is a very rewarding and relaxing way to play so um that would be my final thought for people would be if you ever want to come and you're not sure and you think everybody's going to be playing to win playing so hardcore we basically spent this entire time talking about we were goofing around (laughs) i know that was specifically like when we got together we were we're gonna goof around a lot because like um you know we've been recording a lot together and so i think when we got into it we were like okay we know we're going to be doing some shenanigans but uh, and maybe it's harder with people you haven't met before but um 
keep that in mind. It's a very relaxed atmosphere, and I think um, playing that way is um, a fun way to play, and I think you would enjoy it. If you have never been, I would still recommend it, and I think as we've demonstrated here, pretty relaxed atmosphere, a lot of people just playing for fun, um, and I think if you focused on just doing what you wanted to do to have fun, whether it be getting a crew together for a joke game, uh, changing a card so that you can play a deck you want to play, uh, you know, ignoring rules, have fun. So um, I know we both did, and I know we're looking forward to um, potentially going in the future, and I will wrap it up here. We'll say uh, to everybody who joined us for games, if you're listening, or you saw us play games, uh, if you walked by, saw us playing Burglar's Turn or whatever, Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for watching. Thanks for saying hi, whatever. Um, I know some people came by to talk mostly to you about tardy takes and stuff. I don't think anybody <laughs> talked to me about it. Um, I think because they know I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. It. So, yes, uh, we did appreciate it very much. So I don't think we're going to get to say it on um, tardy takes specifically. We, we'll probably say it on the big show if we're on. But uh, thanks for stopping by, speaking to us. Um, thanks for listening to this. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope... Uh, Hope maybe uh, the advice we gave you panned out better than it did for us because it did, <laughs> apparently did not because we just didn't play the quest that we we had all the suggestions for. So, um, you know, if uh, depending on what comes out in a future year, we might do this again. It might be a little bit shorter. Um, we maybe won't need to talk about a lot of the general things. We'll just talk about maybe some more specific um, cycles type of stuff and what we're going to bring again. Maybe I'll bring a different deck than the same four decks, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, so yeah, probably not. So thanks everybody for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed it and we will see people on, you know, whatever other show is going to be on here that you'll see us on.